Hello again and welcome back to season two, episode number two of Show Thyself Approved. This is Pastor Sam, and if you listen to season one, then maybe you need to go back and listen to it again. If you haven't, then you definitely need to go back and listen to it. Season two, as I alluded to here in episode one, well, it's going to take on a different tone. I still hope that the message remains the same. I still hope that the message resonates with you as I am seeking to put out a podcast that is by a man who is seeking to speak to other men who are trying to be better fathers better husbands, better leaders. So in the previous episode, if you guys tuned in, you heard me speaking about where I was and where I am right now. And I didn't get into details about anything in particular, but this episode, I want to to do that. I want to do that so that it kind of um, gives you a, a clearer picture as to why things are different in my life in season two and why I decided to, instead of write out all of the podcasts like I previously used to do longhand, just decided to get on the mic and speak to you from my heart speak to you from my experience because it's what I do. And so I mentioned that a year ago, July, 2021, I recorded in season one, episode 10, an episode that I titled, you will be tested. About a month later, I became ill with COVID, I was diagnosed on August 21st, and shortly thereafter, I was hospitalized, and I was about 19 days in ICU before being discharged. I want to start there because I know that some of you who are listening to this, you might have experienced COVID, you might have experienced hospitalization and and maybe you've experienced a life-changing event in your life maybe not directly connected to COVID but mine was because of COVID and I wasn't one that was going around and you know believing that I was immune somehow to contracting COVID I went around and I took my precautions, you know, even though people have different stances on wear a mask, don't put the mask on, wear two masks, don't wear no mask, the mask doesn't do anything, it has to be a special kind of mask, on and on and on and so forth. But in my case, in my case alone, well, my routine was was very isolated, was was just very that, very routine. I would leave my job go to my place of work, which was another home. 
dealt with the same population of children, dealt with my staff, came back home, would go to church, would leave church, come back home, and that was my routine. So my exposure, per se, and my risk was minute, in my opinion. And it went on like that for almost the entirety of the whole COVID period. Uh, What was that, two years or so? And again, I wasn't, you know, loosey-goosey, nonchalant, you know, going around thinking that I could not get sick, but I wasn't living in fear. And like I mentioned before, I was uh, working out every day. I was getting after it. I was trying to live the, the ethos as I was building myself up physically. I was also seeking to build myself up mentally and spiritually. And I was just in a really good place. And I share that, guys, because I know many of you who listen to this, you might be able to relate. You might have been at one point in your life in a really good place where everything was just was just working. Everything was on point. Everything was on autopilot, almost effortless. And then for whatever reason, something happened and... It might have just all came crashing down. And I want to give you some perspective. I want to give you some hope. I want to maybe awaken in you something that you might not have known was there or or have even considered for quite some time. And that is quite simply that you are breathing. You have been given life. And so we shouldn't squander the opportunity to continue to walk upon the face of this earth. Even if we're not able to do the same things that we could not do before because of whatever, whatever incident or event or or sickness or disease, whatever it was, whatever it might still be. We need to make the best of what we have and what we can do and those things that we still have that are afforded to us by by God Almighty by his grace and his grace alone we need to continue to pursue those things build on those things again not to build our kingdom or our empire but rather To his glory. And yes, that is a different tone that I'm taking in this season because in the first season, I don't think I I ever hid that I was a Christian or a believer, but I wasn't as as open maybe as I am and will continue to be moving forward. And this this podcast, you know, I really thought about it before getting on the mic. I thought to myself, And said, you know, maybe I should rebrand or maybe I should just leave Show Thyself Approved with only one season and just start another podcast and go in a different direction. But you know what? I felt that Show Thyself Approved needed to continue and it needed to continue with 
me being able to put on audio and on this format an event of my life that hopefully will cause you to reflect. And so I was hospitalized. And let me say this. I knew exactly how I contracted COVID. Okay. And it was actually um, at a funeral that I attended. Um, a funeral of, of, of a beloved sister in the Lord in, in the church where I attended before. And, and I was there as, as the associate pastor uh, helping the senior pastor to, uh, to give the eulogy and just standing by his side. And, and, and he was sick, unbeknownst to me, he was sick. And being in such close quarters with him, literally shoulder to shoulder, as I was just trying to support him and help him, I became ill. It wasn't his fault. It wasn't my fault. But I just say that because, you know, it was it was while I was serving that I became ill. And that's okay. That, that's just, that's fine. I became ill, I was diagnosed, and I was hospitalized. And before I went to the hospital, and I should say I made that decision to go to the hospital, I tried, beloved. I tried to stay home. You know, I bundled myself up like we all do, like we, we men do, you know, tough it out, sweat it out. I bundled myself up in some hoodies and sweatpants and got under the covers and tried to sweat it out. I was drinking uh, medicine like you wouldn't believe and I've never been a person for medicine I've never been a person for cough drops and cough syrup and NyQuil and Theraflu and all this other stuff you name it I was drinking it I mean like 24-7 but I kept deteriorating I kept getting even more ill and it was finally when I felt that my breath was just not coming to me. I told my wife, we need to go to the hospital. I've never been hospitalized. I've never broken a body, uh, excuse me, a bone in my body. So for me to tell my wife, let's go to the hospital. And I remember getting myself down the stairs, sitting in the back seat of the vehicle and my wife driving to the ER. And the last thing that I expected, to be honest with you guys, was that they would see me, put me in a wheelchair, completely skip the whole triage, put me in a bed and take me into ICU. Again, I didn't know how ill I was. I, I had no idea that, you know, my oxygen levels had dipped down below the norms. I think the norms is probably like 95. I don't know. But my oxygen levels were, were, were 80, 70. I mean, they were dropping. And that was one of the first things they did. They put me on oxygen like immediately. I was taken to the ER ward. I was put in 
And remember the number of the room, room 222. And uh, actually, 2222, 2222. And I was stripped of my clothes, was given that hospital garment. And I was put on this this hellish machine <laughs> it's the only way i can describe it at this point this 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 mask was put around my face which i felt was was sucking the life out of me and at the same time punching air through my mouth through my nose and down into my lungs and the machine made a banging sound and I tell you, I could not stand having that thing on my face. It completely turned my world upside down. I could not take it off. I had to bear with it. When I tell you the the degree of discomfort again i was i was never intubated i never had to have uh those tubes put down my throat and i mean i i heard stories after the fact of of people whom you know if they got to that point where they were intubated um that was it i mean their chances of recovering of getting out of icu and getting out of the hospital alive were were, were much much less was slim so I thank God that never happened to me. But to describe to you my experience, I was I was strapped on with that mask and I remember having that mask on for three days. Now, it wasn't three consecutive, you know, 24 hour periods. I would have to sleep with it. And again, it was more like I would fall unconscious because the the amount of pressure and oxygen that was being pushed through that mask and into my nostrils and my mouth and again I it was just horrible and I would literally just pass out of exhaustion I lost my appetite as soon as I was hospitalized I would drink only water continuously i remember asking the the nurses that would come on their shifts to to fill my uh my container up my pitcher with 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 ice water actually not ice water i'm lying it was just plain water because i drink my water uh, room temperature i just would tell them hey just fill the pitcher up bring me two if if anything and 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 that's basically what i would drink if they would bring me the meals whenever those meals would come, I would just take the uh, the orange juice or, you know, the grape juice. And, and that was it. I had no appetite for anything. I, I, I could not eat anything. I had no appetite, no desire to eat. I stopped going to the restroom um, and, and, and I apologize if I'm getting here a little bit more descriptive, but, you know, I stopped defecating. Uh, there was no solids in me. Uh, I had no need. 
uh, because there was nothing in my digestive system. All it was was liquids. And and to tell you to the degree that I was deteriorated, beloved, I, I, I would literally, you know, when you had your bedpan and they would give you, you know, for us males, you know, they'll, they'll give you a bottle and, you know, you would have to take care of your your urine needs there. Um, for me to to get up from the bed, to sit up, and I was already in a in a sitting up almost like a 90 degree angle because I could not lay on my back and, and they discouraged you laying on your back because, you know, again, couldn't breathe. So I slept almost at a 90 degree angle. Um, but to get up, I could not go to the bathroom. I, I could not go and use the facilities like normal because because the moment that I stood up on my feet, even with the oxygen line in my nose, that machine would start blaring out and my oxygen levels would drop. In the beginning, my oxygen levels were so low that they they would drop um, dangerously low. Uh, on my own, without the oxygen, um, my levels went below 50. So that oxygen was 24-7. 24-7 to keep it up there above 90. Uh, and, and that was part of the, the process. That was part of the of the necessity of, of, of me having to, you know, I guess heal up or get strong before I could be discharged because I could not breathe without oxygen. Oxygen had to be given to me 24-7. So for me to get up, beloved, and, and, and this was just for me to get to the edge of my the edge of my bed and to stand up on my two feet to take that container to relieve myself let's just call it that i would literally expend all of my energy and by the time i got done with just taking care of my necessity I literally would flop back to the bed and I would go right to sleep it was it was that exhausting it was it was that it was that real beloved now think about that that you would expend all of your energy all of your strength, all of your effort, all of your will on just urinating, peeing in a bottle. <laughs> let's just let's just call it what it is, right? You you don't imagine that. You don't you don't think that when you are in in health, me, I was in in great health. Again, not even the sniffles. Never been hospitalized. I hadn't even remember when was the last time that I had got sick. And here I was. In ICU. In a hospital gown. On oxygen. And I couldn't even stand on my own two feet. The fragility of life. The fragility of man. 
Father, if you're speaking to your son, to your daughters, to your children, love on them, care for them, but remind them of the fragility of life. Remind them that no matter how young and how strong they are, no matter how driven and focused and intelligent that they are, celebrate those things. I'm not telling you not to acknowledge those things, but remind them that we are all fragile. That in the in the in the twinkling of an eye, you can just bat your eyelashes and and one moment you're standing and the next minute you're on the ground. And that and that's not to sound in any way pessimistic. That's that's to be real. Let let's be real. You know, we 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 go about in this life thinking that at times we're we're self-sufficient. You know that we are autonomous, a law unto ourselves. We think that we have the future all planned out, you know, and 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 yeah, maybe you do. Maybe you have a a projected plan, you know, maybe you wrote it out. Maybe you have all the steps already formulated. Maybe you're already on the path and and you're seeing success and you're hitting your goals. And you know what? I applaud you. I don't envy you. I applaud you. But what are you going to do? What will you do? Have you stopped to think? What what will I do if that is no longer the case? What if I can't do A, B, C? What if I, I'm not able to participate with X, Y, Z? What if I can't hold the job that I once held that was paying me well? So that I can meet my bills and my responsibilities. What if that's taken from me? Then what? Something we don't think about until, again, we're, we're in that place. And I just share a little snippet with you. Where I was, that was my, my first three days on that on that horrible machine, I mean, it would continuously bang, like literally, like if like if somebody was was punching the machine every couple of seconds, and every and every time that the the machine would bang, it would push air into my lungs. And you know what? <laughs> I thank God that the machine continued to work because if it stopped, I wasn't gonna be able to breathe. I would probably not be here. But oh, the discomfort. Just the. The memory of it. And I know. I know others have had it much worse than me, but I'm just sharing my experience. 
I'm just hoping that by putting this in this podcast form, you men out there will hold your kids a little closer, a little longer. You will take the time to stop what you're doing, even if you're doing it, quote unquote, for them. Because really, they need you. Not what you're doing, not what you're giving them, not what you can offer them now and into the future. They need and they want you. Dads, hold on to your kids. Love on them. Model for them what a dad, what a what a husband is, what a leader is. Hold on to your wives, men. They need us. And let me tell you, my wife, my wife was, was a trooper, a champion through all of this. She continues to be. And I'll talk a little bit more about the changes in her life and the things I noticed. The things that were always there but came to the forefront as we continue to share here on this podcast. Beloved, always remember these words. Be willing. Be ready. Be able to show thyself approved. I'll catch you on the next one. God bless you.